Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Dr. Kid, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. Yeah. Uh, everything feels a little different <laughs> than the last time we got together and do this. Uh, things changed. We're living in a fast-moving world right now. Yeah, man. Yeah, the, the last time we talked, we were only in a pandemic. Yeah. Things were already getting on people's <laughs> nerves like two weeks ago. Yeah. And then two weeks ago... We celebrated the 50th episode of this podcast. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. And we were so excited. 50 episodes. What a thing we've done for hours. <laughs> you know? We were very proud of ourselves. Yes. Yeah. It, uh, very excited. And then, oh man, we were so excited to drop this episode. And then we were like, well, this is tough. Because everything is way more important right now. Like, everything is more important. Yeah, we're living in Santa Rosa. There's been protests here. There's been protests all over the nation uh, after what happened on May 25th in Minneapolis with George Floyd. And, uh, you know, it's very kind of uh, strange to be seeing so much happening so quickly. And then to also be like, do we still want to talk about movies? I know. It's this real, like, it's exciting how fast things are moving and how things do seem to be changing a little, you know, for for good. And it's just crazy that even uh I think the our big 50th was overshadowed just by ourselves. Mm. We were so we were overshadowing it too and uh yeah, what are we even going to talk about? And so we scrapped the movies we were going to talk about this week. We bumped those. It's going to be our first Safdie brothers. I know. We were going to get into some uncut gems territory, but that, then, that'll still be happening. And then we were like, nobody in their right fucking mind. Uncut gems drops right when the country drops off an even steeper, steeper cliff. And it's the most anxiety-ridden <laughs> movie right. of the last decade. And it's like, bad combination, man. That's like the Alka-Seltzer or the Mentos and the Coke can. Like, pff, no thanks. Mm-hmm. So we thought... What better topic to focus on are those awful pigs? <laughs> oh Here we go. Man. So it's just like, yeah, it'd be way better to just do some anti-cop episodes. Here we go. Yeah, I'm sorry. So but, uh, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Robocop. They're the worst. We're gonna talk about Robocop today, the future of law enforcement. Yeah. And we're kind of seeing the uh the bad side of all that happening right Man. now. It's it's strange to me how much this movie made in 87 doesn't look too different from what yeah, we're man. seeing outside uh and and it you know on Twitter and, and on every kind of uh platform. They love taking it back week. to the Reagan years, man. Oh yeah. They're obsessed with it. It's so uh I mean, on the same day that I watched this movie with people getting shot with you know, insane amount of bullets flying. 
uh, we're just seeing old men getting shoved over with their heads busted open, literally bleeding on the sidewalk. Yeah, it's crazy. Been, it's been strange to, uh, yeah, I watched uh, Robocop again uh, today to kind of refresh it, and it's strange watching violence. Yeah, um, this movie that's for thought of as like hyper violent, and we're and we're seeing all this like really kind of ugly, unnecessary, just kind of senseless violence happening yeah. at protests uh, that are trying to be pre- uh, peaceful. Yeah, so uh, it's yeah, this, just been it's a strange experience. It's been kind of surreal. It's just this reminder about it that, that I've never had a positively memorable experience with a cop, <laughs> <laughs> like ever. You know, I've had nothing but bad experiences, and I'm about as white as they come. And so this idea that, like, I don't like them, like, and so many other people have it, it's way tougher than I've ever had it. And it's like, geez, to watch a movie like this, which was made as smart satire, appealing to the people that, just like now, don't get what's actually happening in what they're watching. Mm Mm-hmm. They're somehow seeing everything different, but still excited in different ways. That's how what RoboCop is, man. So we thought, once that came up, once we were spitballing ideas, it's like, oh, yeah, have to do that one. Yeah, um, I'm kind of in that same boat where I, I've never really had anything but benign experiences with, with police. Yeah. Um, but it's very clear that major changes need to happen in what's going on around here. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the answers for that. But RoboCop's answer to that was to militarize and roboticize the police force, which, again, starting to seem way closer <laughs> than, uh, so, than it did two weeks ago. Yeah. First, when are they breaking out the drones? <laughs> the first thing a, you see in RoboCop is some uh, is a newscast, which which has very like very relatable headlines about anarchy and protests yeah. and disruption and. Then we settle in on Detroit, which at the time, I think this was supposed to be 90. So it's supposed to be in the future a little mm-hmm. bit. But the thing that caught my eye right off the bat um, was the uh, militarization of the uniform of mm-hmm. these police officers. Right. Uh, we're seeing cops in riot gear just going out on their daily duties in this movie, which I, I wonder how that struck people in 87 when that was obviously not the case. Yeah. But I mean, that's all you're seeing this whole week. small towns like ours with somehow hundreds of uh cops in riot gear just a bunch of gamestop dads so uh that that aren't in their cargo shorts these cops their little helmets these cops play for keeps it's a it it almost gave me a judge dread vibe like it was so kind of totally instantly instantly dystopian all of a sudden yeah so that it's very much that kind of mega city one feeling in my mind i wonder if if they really pulled from that at all, but yeah, and uh, we're introduced to Murphy. Yeah, well, the story, the shot, the, right? as everybody knows, the RoboCop story is about the hero Clarence Boddicker, who killed at least thirty-one confirmed <laughs> okay. cops. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> this is the Clarence Boddicker redemption story. What movie did you watch? <laughs> Murphy. Yeah, I guess we're. Feels like a Dennis Hopper, Wesley Snipes situation in Boiling Point. <laughs> hold, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because we're rooting for Hopper, too. We aren't, we aren't rooting for Boddicker getting his. He's a cop, Gala. <laughs> Let me do my 
RoboCop impressions throughout the rest of this episode. But yeah, no, this guy's working to take down a military police state. Uh, you know, I, I'm gonna uh, counter that with he's actually working for the corporation. It's true, man. Man, this <laughs> what a foggy character. This Clarence uh, the, hero, the, the, the corporate plug. The real bad guy is corporate America. Eric taking over here, I mean, using the poor people against each other to yeah. create this unrest that they can then go in and militarize their forces to bring back peace, which if they had invested money into social services instead, you'd get the same outcome Yeah, with less riot gear. Yeah. RoboCop was pretty on this stuff <laughs> literally 33 years ago. And I, I just think like, oh, God, we are. We're getting a RoboCop. We are getting to RoboCop. Oh, we've so, already got drones and stuff so happening, right? I've been spending so much time worried about getting to the Terminator. Yeah. I was not thinking this shit that comes before the Terminator. I'm, I am skipped right past being scared of RoboCop happening. Totally. Too focused on, oh, God. Once time travel happens, everything's just fucked. <laughs> time travel wasn't in RoboCop. Well, the Terminator, way is some, closer. the Terminator is like that distant future. Yeah. You know, 2020 or whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, the <laughs> the RoboCop was like, here and now, this is the, the new tech. Ugh. We're so there. It's the worst. I'm not liking it. I like watching RoboCop Are we not having lot. fun talking about RoboCop yeah, right now? It's hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like watching RoboCop so much. I love RoboCop. I do and... also enjoy watching RoboCop. And <laughs> I think a... it's an awesome and... Very fun at many points to watch movie. With it's a movie that's really grown insanely well gratuitous with me. violence. Yeah. But. It's like uh, there's always been yeah, jeez, the violence of this movie is the peak of eighties blood. This is just horror movie blood in an action movie. Mm-hmm. And of course then it's Rob Bottin of the thing. Yeah. And other amazing things. Got the credit for even designing the RoboCop uh, suit, which I, is iconic. For some reason I forgot about that until the credits. Yeah. Forgot this was I don't know if I ever knew that actually. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. it's got this amazing horror movie aesthetic and look. This, you know, great comic book feel that stuff like, you know, Darkman didn't quite nail, mm-hmm. but this movie does nail. And right from the beginning of this movie where you get that sick Orion Pictures logo, <laughs> the best of the moving word logo. That's a great logo, classic oh. logo. Love that. And then you get that Canon Films logo of the oh, another one. <laughs> the, the corporation. Then you're you just know? like sitting back on. Oh, here we like, go. Here we go. And then I don't know. It's just so. Uh, it's grown with me a lot. Where I've been able to enjoy it for all of its different things. The older <laughs> totally. I get. You know, it's one of those movies that really starts just changing and shifting slightly for, uh, like, it's that good. Well, you know, it's funny because I was four when this movie came out. So my, and maybe you have something similar. My experience was knowing RoboCop in the pop culture world before obviously ever knowing what the movies were exactly. I played the arcade game. I, I know there was a cartoon and it was very much like... So it was known. It was a it was a known property. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even see this movie until I was probably in my early twenties. Yeah, it's got to like, be something like uh, that for me too. College, but RoboCop as a property was you know omnipresent mm-hmm. in childhood. <laughs> you know, how weird is that? Right. But this was like market. There was cartoons. There was cereal. action figures. He showed up in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Robocop nope. showed up at a wrestling event. Yeah. Capital Combat, WCW <laughs> pay-per-view. But and that gets a ton of shit, but man, I was 9. I did not see it when I was 9. I rented it way later. If I had seen RoboCop saving Sting, that would have been like my first, oh shit, this is RoboCop. Right. This is him in action. And saving Sting, that's cool. That's just <laughs> cool tonight. People dump on that now. Nine-year-olds were like, well, I don't think it gets better than this, boys. Right. And it's just weird in retrospect how super commonplace RoboCop was. Well, it, there was trading cards. My buddy Justin oh, had sure. tons of RoboCop trading cards and RoboCop 2 trading cards. But when you look at it, what's so funny about it being this like pop culture icon is that the movie itself is so cynical about everything like that. It's so anti-pop culture and media and the things that have kind of lulled everyone into letting things get this bad. Yeah. And then he's like a cartoon character selling, you know, <laughs> lollipops. Buy or my it is. corn puffs. Uh, yeah, this movie is just so dirty and visceral. It's really grimy. And yeah. And it's, it, it's it, a really similar world. For some reason, I was really noticing it this on this rewatch. And maybe it's because we just watched this other movie so recently. Feels like a grimier world of uh, FX. Mm. <laughs> you know, FX wasn't explicitly set in the future, but uh, it was more modern than things seemed at the time. Just those movies that were set in like '80s New York when things were just kind of trashy. Yeah, and e- except they were like set in other like off-brand New Yorks, so it had like the right. ugly fall leave trees. It's always. <laughs> You know, this was uh, off season. This was like the, yeah. some rough Detroit areas, and part of the movie was like you know, I think filmed in like a, a grimier Dallas neighborhood. So it just has okay. like a different look than some of the other grimy New York movies. It's like an adjacent weirder look, and it's most there's a lot of it takes place in like the steel mill. So you've got all this uh-huh. kind of industrial. But it's like the abandoned kind of... There's something about that 86 vibe because I keep getting reminders of like Frank Booth and his mm. uh, warehouse gang. Mm. And so with Clarence Boddicker, you have his whole warehouse hangout with all his gang. And I love the two gangs so much in Blue Velvet and Clarence's Boys. This Probably is my a gang. Top, my top two favorite gangs. This and is a heck both, of a gang. They're both coming out right at the exact same time totally but the fx world seems really similar to not just because of the exact same van (laughs) being used right that perfect definitely a getaway vehicle (laughs) vehicle that that box or special effects work van you never know and uh also we just get just like fx forensic office babe with gigantic glasses (laughs) (laughs) who was that uh yeah, this is a great <laughs> cast, but the the uh the lady yeah the tech glasses tech who uh, has a little crush on RoboCop yeah it's she's ju- great it's just like the one that Dennehy flirts with a bunch in uh, FX totally <laughs> yeah so I was getting strong FX vibes and strong Blue Velvet vibes little flavors I occasionally pick up and the Blue Velvet one was like oh, I've never been feeling this specific vibe during this but Frank Booth's boys versus Clarence Boddicker's voice. <laughs> Ooh. It's that same level of like you get Ray Wise 
Ray Wise feels, you know, obviously like he would fit in a Hopper gang. He's mm-hmm. Lynch. He's we classic. already have that Lynch crossover. But then the whole gang. The, man. the guy that's coming out the rat face. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely could be a Lynch character. <laughs> the guy that immediately gets sacrificed <laughs> for burning up the money. That idiot. Dude, Clarence <laughs> is a leader, man. Clarence is fucking John Connor. That's who he is. Mm. Clarence is John Connor misunderstood. We're talking about pre-Terminator. I'm I'm on I'm on Team Boddicker. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm a bod boy. I did not see this coming. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah. I did I not guess see we, it coming. I guess to this. we should have talked about this movie more before recording. <laughs> Fair enough. Huh. We are we are coming in from from uh, colliding angles here. I'm like, yeah, that. Kurt Wood Smith as a hero God, is definitely dude. an interpretation I was not Kurt anticipating so having to think about today. <laughs> he's so good. He's the. I mean, he's. He's such best, a man. such a great part of this movie. He's one of the great villains. Peter Weller is villains. so great, and it's one of those things where it's like, oh, but this—it's a real chocolate vanilla thing for me. <laughs> Sometimes I'm watching, I'm on like, ah, I'm on Team Weller on this one, and then strong. I, I'm a strong Clarence guy at this point. Weller's got such a tough job though because he's so hidden under that yeah makeup and that RoboCop really tough. visor and stuff. It's almost you almost think like. Why? Why would I even be doing this? Like, just it's, have it's anyone... a total like Willem Dafoe Green Goblin thing, right? Like, let's take this like expressive, cool face and just put a, just put a CGI mask, mask on, it. on it for eighty percent of it. So it's like, all right, Peter, uh, you aren't going to have use of most of your face or body. <laughs> but then to be like, we want you to give a sympathetic performance, but also you are a cyborg. <laughs> yeah, you're. Pretty much going to be emotionless until yeah. you have these weird freakout dreams in which you spasm uncontrollably, which is not really helping the audience get on your side. Yeah, as far as thinking you're a way a, tougher, a human. way tougher role than the Terminator. Terminator knew he was a Terminator. Totally. Robocop yeah. has conflicting thoughts. That's one of my favorite parts of this movie is his <laughs> is his combating his personality with his reality. It's, or his, you know, what he thinks is happening with, well, and that's is the, he a robot that's or the, like, is he Blade a Blade Runner right? vibe yeah. that you get from it. That's why all these different sources that this movie is, like, a perfect mashup of, like, yeah, you get that humanity that's in there, this possibly false humanity we don't know. And, oh, I mean, we know. He doesn't know. We know. <laughs> we saw. We saw what happened. <laughs> Dude got... We know more than this guy. Up. Yeah. yeah, he got blowed up. Uh, shot up real good this movie just keeps hitting you with like straight up violence there's there's no way this had to be the movie that more kids say they saw that never saw i think when kids say they saw robocop that was just they know who robocop is right i cannot picture a nine-year-old not being anything but horrified by a lot of this movie i uh, my dad rented dark man brought that one up earlier that came out in 90 mm-hmm. so at the same time robocop 2 so i was six when robocop came out no way i was seeing it right robocop 2 nine years old these are a little a, loose you never know <laughs> uh so yeah we rented dark man i have made it 15 minutes through dark man i was terrified mm. a guy gets his head oh, thrown yeah. up through a sewer grate in the beginning or a manhole and run over oh. another guy gets his fingers cut off with a cigar cutter I screamed out of the room. That's funny. I couldn't handle that at nine. So RoboCop at six? No way. 
kids that saw that, I'm no way. Yeah. Come on. It, well, it's funny. Parents even, weren't watching RoboCop with their kids. No. I hope. I mean, honestly. <laughs> I hope Holy jeez. Because even watching it today, it's like so it, it, it constantly. It's one of those things maybe I don't remember after I've watched it just how violent and bloody yeah, it, it really is. Well, it's. I'm sure if this. It's so over the top. I mean, that's. I think a lot of people think this is. I don't know if this is really a comedy. I, fe- I hear a lot of people call it like a dark comedy. Maybe I mean, because of just the over-the-top uh, bloodiness of it. I think the laughs are inserted really well. I think the level of satire comes off really smart, and so it gets laughs in good places while also still being like anything it wants to be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's crazy it can, it's how, like, how much it can flip switches throughout the whole movie and never feel messy. Mm-hmm. You know, it. you get that you know dinosaur commercial. <laughs> like yeah. 75 minutes through the movie that's so silly but like the level of silly re- they really nail the right pitch while doing all sorts of different kind of movies throughout because mm-hmm. the violence in this oh my god i think for years people didn't see this i think the really violent version has only been more readily available uh recently okay i think rights changed I think there was an R-rated version, but then an unrated version. And the only unrated version was on the Laserdisc hmm. and the Criterion version of the DVD, which then went out of print. So I think for years after that, there was like a l- still violent, but not the slop that is in the movie, that the version that we both watched. I'd have to check my uh, Laserdisc copy. I know yeah. there was actually a Criterion release on Laserdisc. Of oh, nice! That's like I, I, I want to get it. I have the Criterion have the regular, DVD. Yeah, I, I had I have that one. Interesting. Sure that. But, but yeah, uh, it's a uh, the scene where Murphy gets just mutilated and just blown to bits, dude. It's it's a uh, it's it holds up. I don't. It's think, rough, but so, it's one of those where you always think like, oh yeah, Freddy Krueger's actually a lot like tamer <laughs> than you think, right? Like Bart Simpson would say, this one is not like. Tamer than he it. Gets, he gets limbs today. blown off, man. Yeah, this one is by not, machine guns. Not one where you look back, you go, "Yeah, I guess it's." I mean, it's not like what they do today, but this one is still wow. Well, we get that first big gun death that you think like, "Who?" The the first gun death already feels like the most violent gun death I would have seen in a movie at that point. <laughs> the guy in the boardroom. In the boardroom. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is where we get start to get introduced to just how many kick-ass people are in this movie. Because in the boardroom, you get Miguel Ferrer, Dan O'Herlihy, mm-hmm. and old Dick Jones, <laughs> Ronnie Cox. What a great Ronnie Cox just Cox playing Dick, man. Oh, all three of so those guys good. are just amazing in yeah, this movie. Great for roles their, for all of them. For their parts. Dan O'Herlihy as the good guy technically yeah but not also exactly like that guy. sinister dan early delivery but yeah i love a good uh 80s version of a boardroom see these 80s boardroom scenes are always magnificent oh yeah all these corner office suits gathered i love them with the wall of tvs yeah they're doing their presentation oh yeah yeah that's where they bring out dick jones's idea of, of a robot cop yeah uh that's when we get into the, the sick effects work. Yeah, the stop motion. It's such a cool blend of stop motion. The all of the I forget what the that specific robot is called. The model. Uh, I'd have to look it up. Yeah. Uh. This. Uh. But 
Man, I like I've watched this movie like five times. And, uh, you know, the other only robot in the movie. Well, it's called like ND72 or something. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have a cool Robocop <laughs> name, which is its biggest problem, yeah. obviously. But, yeah, I love the blending uh, and all the different uh, stop motion they did all throughout. It was really cool. Inserted in a really... That's why I'm saying this movie just keeps... Like, sometimes it seems like a canon film. Sometimes it seems like we're watching something like Arena. Mm-hmm. You know, but then it has this like because you get all that sick effects makeup, but a lot of the makeup is total trash makeup. It's total street trash and all those kind of movies, you know. And it's oh, it's so good. I love this movie so much more every time I watch it. I love the makeup. Uh, it's called ED two o nine. Oh well, I don't feel too bad about right? knowing that guy. You don't need to remember that Ed. The makeup that that uh, they give to uh, Kurtwood Smith. After he gets beat up and kind of thrown through some glass, and then you see oh, kind yeah. of that fading, kind of cuts on all over his face makeup. Yeah. I love stuff like that where you see the characters' <laughs> injuries later in the movie. Oh, totally. Stuff well, like that. But we get that great. So yeah, this the first instance of this robot cop. Everything goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Like if you're trying to take a broken thing, cops, and break it even more by just inviting haywire robots into the mix. Uh, but yeah, when this robot turns on that dude, we get that wild comedic scramble. The whole scene's a comedy until it isn't. Totally. Of this robot about counting down this guy's murder. And this guy frantically running around and them kind of like hot potatoing <laughs> the dude around the boardroom. And then it's just like, ha 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 ha. And then this robot just fucking nukes the guy. Those shots were the hardest bullet holes. <laughs> They Those go right things through were slugs, man, oh. ripping through him. It's oh, rough. It's the, rough. The squib work in RoboCop is insane. Half the budget was in squibs in this movie. You've never seen sure. bigger squibs <laughs> than you've seen in the bullet wounds in RoboCop. For These sure. are the sloppiest bullet holes yep. you have seen, man. Oh, my God. This guy gets ripped up. And then what... <laughs> Everybody is just kind of frozen in place like a, huh, like, oh, geez. That didn't go right. And then right after when somebody goes, all right, was someone want to call a goddamn paramedic? <laughs> yeah, there's totally <laughs> this. guy this... just eats like 16 shotgun shells to the torso. Totally this like reality check in the boardroom where they're like, did that just happen? Yeah. yeah. Holy jeez. So already you're like, well, I've never seen a more, like, that's and, more violent than the end of Bonnie and Clyde. And, and what, is, what is the old man, uh, O'Hurley, he says to Dick Jones, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of an understatement. Yeah. The worst morning meeting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so already when watching it the first time, it was like, I don't think I've ever seen a shootout scene <laughs> more violent, more bloody than that, man. And turns out the worst was yet to come. <laughs> there was more to come. Yeah. They were going to top that. I had no idea it was an increasing fireworks show of ways to die by gun. Oh, but, yeah. But, oh, man. This movie is crazy. This is like a people were flipping out over hard boiled. I was going to just you say know, this, this is like yeah. John Woo level gunplay in this movie. Same year. Yeah. Well, hard boiled. Yeah. Same era. It's yeah. all yeah, the killer yeah. and all that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is just, this is like this artless but super artistic bloodletting that this movie unleashes. It's so 
trash movie that we love that costs $250,000 to make, but the coolest possible $13 million version of it, you know? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I think a lot of people when this came out maybe just saw this as a super violent action movie. Yeah. For that. And that's it, right? They they, they didn't really think of there being subtext. No. To the the police state and the militarization, it was of always there. You know, it's not one of those ones they try and post hoc anything. They kind of play it for, yeah. They they it's but that kind of satire. Paul Verhoeven would end up doing a lot more in later movies, but it's definitely there in this movie as well. Oh, very strong. And uh, just the the kind of the removing humanity from the police force that also comes up in. Uh, George Lucas's first movie, THX 1138, there's like these robot cops mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that do all the patrolling. The Truancy bots. Very interesting idea of like, and you saw it in Singapore uh, during the pandemic. They had like drone robots basically going through parks, yeah. enforcing social distancing and stuff. Yeah. And you just imagine one of those going nuts and trampling <laughs> yeah. someone or something. Just got steamrolled you by know? this drone cop. And uh, <laughs> it's so this whole idea now that, that like it's just coming in my head for the first time really of depending on technology for your safety and uh, and depending on a corporation who's privatized the police force the police force is being run through a contract through this OPS yeah corporation and then depending on them to take care of you and. You see where it gets you in RoboCop. I Every mean, bit of media and and, like, and fiction we have, it's always like, oh, and then it's the Umbrella Corporation. That's exactly it's what's going like, on. Yeah. It's creepy, actually. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks, man. I just want to watch that in a movie and not yeah. in my headlines in, in day-to-day life. You know? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to RoboCop documentary. Like, I'm not as interested in that telling, yeah. that angle. Yeah, it sucks. Creepy. But I can't help but love every second of RoboCop, though. It's got the best of 80s sleaze. You get... He shoots a guy in the dick. (laughs) RoboCop just... The the dick shooting... Can we talk about the dick shooting scene? We have to. The beauty of it. It's actually required. It's a watershed moment. (laughs) Here's what I noticed this time. This is so stupid. (laughs) <laughs> but the way RoboCop handles this scene and this victim, how nice is that? How nice would that be? And how it's obviously played as a joke in the movie. Let's I'll get to it. But how nice would it be if a cop actually did that? <laughs> of the scene. That's RoboCop's like, hmm, robot cops are good. Robot cop has more empathy than you could <laughs> right. actually picture from a current cop. Well, he, he's very by the book. Yeah. I guess. Which is just a... So this time, by it's always played as such a funny <laughs> joke in 1987. But right. right now, it's a... Oh, yeah. It's funny because they don't play by the book. And this seems weird. Now, seeing, totally. the, seeing this square, robotic, boring cop version feels like... Wow, that would be really terrific. That would be nice if they worked to that level. So yes, that's like we get this, what could have been a grisly, like I'm glad we didn't get the Death Wish sequel level of violent rape scene. Like I'm glad we kept it 
Yeah, we didn't yeah. we didn't get too far down yeah. the rabbit hole. The movie saved its its unratedness for the violence, not the uh the yeah. sexual assault. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. I like see the RoboCop's a trash movie that makes really good choices mm-hmm. about where to focus its trash. <laughs> That's important. Well, it gets that rating too for uh, one of my favorite bits is the scene right before that where he kind of makes his first bust in the liquor store. Oh yeah. And the guy when as soon as no one knows who RoboCop is or what it is. Yeah, they yet. didn't it's announce he was coming to the public. But as soon as that guy sees RoboCop, he just goes, Fuck me, fuck me. Fuck me. <laughs> he knows he's done. He reacts as to As soon it. as he sees yeah. that thing, he is like, I am done. Even yeah. with this machine gun in my hand. It's like it's like you or I would react to like That's iconic. A dinosaur <laughs> used to be that reaction. That's a T that's a Jurassic Park reaction. Now it makes way yeah, this guy sees Robocop. Oh jeez. Oh, I'm a sitting duck. This can't be good for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Peter Weller, like like we talked about, really tough role. He has a lot of hats to wear and a lot of difficult lenses to kind of force him through. And damn, he's so good. He's so good at every aspect of this. He's He's so good at the humanity and the uh, straight-laced functionality, and, and the and the robot walking. I mean, he's got to have that perfect. Kind How insane of, is it that you have? You know, he's basically. Oh, also, doing the you robot. have to be a robot, right? What? Arnold Schwarzenegger is just like, oh well, yeah, they look a lot like humans now. He's and like, no, 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 you have to move like you're a droid made of robot parts. Everything I've I've read too says that that was like a probably a two hundred pound costume, <laughs> yeah. like. I can't imagine just the physical duress that he was performing to to do that, and then to always be kind of perfectly poised. Well, this is robotic. Kinda, I'm really happy you said that because uh, when we were talking earlier up on the up on the old balcony, mm-hmm. we got a balcony. Guys. We got a balcony at the <laughs> recording space here. That's right. Um, you were talking about how he's straight up Frankenstein, right? And all those stories that I've heard about the absolute wreckage oh, sure. that the Frankenstein makeup played on all of the people that wore it. You know, Karloff had like terrible back pain and he's like wearing this, it's sitting in the makeup chair for hours every day and wearing these crazy prosthetics that were heavy as hell. Right. I, like, I feel like I read Karloff couldn't even sit down in that kind of get up yeah that he was in like he had to just kind of lean against things <laughs> yeah. if he needed to rest yeah like and just like the like, actors, i don't have that kind of dedication yeah. to do that so you have yeah, all these right. actors that played frankenstein multiple times just ending with like career injuries that they carried through the rest of their careers and it's like damn dude peter peter weller must have been just this crazy like lean hulk yeah walking around in this this had to like wreck him he came back for the second one right yeah, not number three. I don't think. Man, I've seen three. Three is I've seen, perused the least. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Yeah, I don't know if I ever saw three. Um, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nancy Allen's great in this movie. I mean, this is a stacked cast of people. I love Nancy Allen, but damn, she might be kind she, of the heart of the movie. She's, well, yeah, she's so she's great. The human angle. I I wish she didn't come in with like the like the Fred Savage in Wonder Years cut. Oh yeah, it's a tough haircut. We've had a couple of tough haircut episodes. Her hair in two is like so much worse. Oh, you didn't like the big curls? No, 
I prefer <laughs> the longer curls to this like Fred Savage okay. cut. This one's it's pretty butch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Jeez. Sorry. Well, I mean there is a theme. They that's it's they play up that in a reverse way in Starship Troopers, where they make everybody fucking knockouts. Right. But when exactly. we see the the Casper people that Van are cops Dean. now, the, yeah, you get Denise Richards and like Casper Van, they all like are these android gorgeous chiseled totally. people. But when we do like our scroll through the precinct, all the women are like, yeah, they're they're butch. They all have these short like crew cuts and kind of boy because they're all just like Starship Troopers changing with the men. Right. It's all co-ed. That's the it's like Verhoeven really wanted to get over the like it look in the future everything's gonna be co ed changing rooms. I noticed that too. I don't know if I ever noticed that before. <laughs> where yeah, the, in the beginning you There's gonna all... be co ed changing rooms in the future. <laughs> that's gonna be the first thing. <laughs> that's that's his A number one vision of the future. He introduces that within like ten I was minutes. Say, that's that's every his, movie. Like if I could leave one contribution to <laughs> yeah. human society Ladies and fellas showering together. Come on. Yeah, he's just like really trying to just persuade people. Just like, if I put it in enough movies, people are just going to be like, oh, I guess I, I maybe I know somebody who does that. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. yeah. Makes he's just sense. trying to get it sense. out there into the public conscious. Makes a lot of sense. He's got to be really strongly about, feel strongly about this. <laughs> he always intros with co-ed changing room as just a, hey, part of business. We're on to you, Verhoeven. It's all... Dude, the cops in RoboCop are so beautiful. <laughs> it's all bad bodies, bad mustaches, yeah. bad hairlines, bad sunken eyes. What? Just a bunch of sad like barbecue dads, <laughs> like totally uncool kind of cops. Everybody's great. That man. one dude that just has the biggest pot belly. He yeah. is always shirtless. He's just this always he's like a, a total towel. like a skinny fat guy. Yes. He's got these skinny arms but then this droopy belly and you're just like gosh, these guys. <laughs> these freaking guys. And yeah, all the women have these super tight high and tight haircuts and you know, uh so opposite in Starship Troopers where he's like, "You know what? What if I made them all just total babes?" Mhm. What if I got nothing but knockouts and we just knock out a music video at the start of this movie? This one's all dreary and just ugly bods. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the range of Verhoeven. Meh changing room scenes and total knockout. <laughs> that's changing the evolution, room scenes. And yeah. That's the evolution that. of the futures. Well, that's uh, that's kind of what I, I touched upon earlier. Like the satire in Starship Troopers is pretty blatant. Yeah, and this one, it really I don't know if you know. I think a lot of people, it would be very easy to miss the the. The satire. Well, there's kind of see it as a straightforward action sci-fi. So there's decoys you know? like uh, the "I'll buy that for a dollar" sure. guy. That's something that's clearly funny. People like it. It's silly, and so people get uh, the people just watching and enjoying the bloodletting are getting that like skimmed off the top. These are the obvious setup jokes. I'm not trying to say that this is the deepest movie ever, but it clearly does layer its humor. And layer its satire so that you can really draw out of it more, depending your interest level. Well, and kind of, yeah, it, it's almost in the way of, uh, yeah, touching back on that, the way that the media sen- uh, sensationalizes violence in the movie, the way that you have uh, then scenes of just 40 dudes getting blown away by RoboCop <laughs> yeah. in the drug you know, warehouse. And it's almost like the movie's like, you know, 
daring you to like to be into <laughs> this every uh-huh. bullet hole every shot every gratuitous moment like you come to the movies for this that it, was a it, real this kind of uh, weird dialogue that was a not uncommon thing especially in like dystopian movies of that era yeah but sci-fi stuff think of you know it's the same thing in the running man which came out the same year Mm -hmm. where it's like all these game shows that are just people getting murdered you know it's that same thing where it's just normalizing this insane level of casual violence right right because the violence in robocop is it's i mean it's so over the top yeah it's just like, it's like X-rated Dick Tracy, the way the way these people get blown away when they finally get the big cannons and they're just blowing up cars and window Dude, shops gun, for five. The minutes. guns at the end were one of those like Rambo specials where it just yeah. requires a harness <laughs> to be toting the thing around. <laughs> like you have to wear a full backpack to Pretty to much. hoist up this gun and strap it to you so you don't lose it. Like, they're just walking around with rocket launchers. That kind of stuff's crazy. And now we're shit. Now yeah, just, now shit. Yeah, now yeah. they're just sending in the military that are just hanging out of the Staples Center. And RoboCop hits you with that stuff. Right. That's why I keep coming back to this movie every couple years. It's just keep staying in the rotation, like, permanently, you know? And it's just a hell of a lot of fun sometimes. I mean... Yeah, we get some all-time... In a movie that... We've been hitting up a lot of movies that are just filled with like nine or ten actors that mm-hmm. we love. It always makes it this like all star like cast of like I don't know if we've been doing that consciously. I think that's been happening accidentally. Maybe. Or we or just, we just or like we just those, love actors. Yeah, we just like movies that have all these cool actors in them. We are yeah. we are mo- mostly an actor podcast. We <laughs> say movie podcast, but this whole movie you get some genuine career performances like ones in the discussion for each of these total legends you could say arguably best ronnie cox performance arguably best miguel ferrer performance arguably best peter weller which is huge it's gotta be right it's the one he's known for yeah if nothing he's i mean he's got nothing but cool performances yeah uh, we'll get to of unknown origin and naked lunch in the future. That's uh, I was thinking naked lunch. Yeah, <laughs> when you were talking about him, yeah, taking on difficult roles, it's like yeah, yeah kind of like naked lunch, maybe. Yeah, he is a guy who makes cool choices. Yeah, and when you can say a guy makes cool choices and you highlight a movie that's arguably his best role, that's cool. And then Kurtwood Smith, baby. Oh, oh man, Clarence Tigers are playing tonight. Boddicker has the coolest gang even his extended gang is cool in the weirdest way when he that big warehouse shootout with a zillion people dying yeah they're all these just like bald fat chicago guys the wardrobe of all those they're guys all, is perfect yeah. page it's, boy caps and like these fat guys with sweaters it's just perfect stuff yeah, yeah. that's the dark man kind of stuff the right. like dick tracy com- they're all batman villains wearing yeah like snap front hats and turtlenecks <laughs> you know except they got just like the worst fat guy polish dog bods and it's great and they're all like cool minority represented Sure. We have that sure. that cool Asian guy who's like short and squat and always has like a cool feathered mullet. That I don't know if it's the same guy in the Wild at Heart gang that oh, calls yeah. Nicolas Cage an asshole. Oh, at the end. At sure. the end, when that's the gang, gang circles him. That's another cool gang. Um, oh man, that's 
too brief, too brief a screen time, though. You couldn't get a sense for all their personalities. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that's the same dude, but he's got that energy. He's got that guy energy, that <laughs> gang member energy. And that's a cool energy to bring to a gang. So, I, oh, man. But Boddicker, man, Kurtwood Smith is a man with a couple of pretty legendary parts, namely Red Foreman. Sure. Red Foreman is, like, everywhere. From the 70s issue. As everywhere as RoboCop was for us. Totally. Today's teens know Red Foreman. I bet more teens today know Red Foreman than RoboCop. Yeah. Right? I would say so. <laughs> That's wild, right? Yeah. You don't see as many RoboCop memes yeah, on man. Uh, the internet Kurt these Yeah, man. Smith is one of the most, crazily enough, one of the most well-known to online <laughs> Yeah. He uh, made he habitants. made dumbass just like <laughs> yeah. the word of the decade when that show was on. Yeah, Red Foreman is a role for him. Yeah, perfect. The, the like just like uh, episode fifty, uh, M. Emmett Walsh's role was written. The Coens wrote that role for M. Emmett Walsh. That was for him. Mm. Red Foreman just seems like did they really just write a whole show around Kurtwood Smith? Because it's too perfect. Yet somehow Clarence Boddicker is in the discussion. Oh, yeah. He's so incredible as Boddicker. But all these guys, Miguel Ferrer. Oh. The perfect asshole. Rest in peace. What a, what a, he, this is the first move, first time I've really picked up on his sinister Chris Elliott vibe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he kind of had the Chris Elliott, like, balding hair. In yeah, they had one. that same fluffy, yeah, like, front hair. <laughs> exactly. Like, really exactly. baby soft, downy, fluffy hair. I love it. That's a good, that's a cool kind of balding. <laughs> if you want to be a lot of balding stri- in this movie. A lot of balding. You don't get balding anymore. We've talked about <laughs> I this. I know. It keeps it coming sucks. up. It sucks. Maybe we just like movies with balding. No, well, you, th- no. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Episodes of like Rockford and Kojak. Rockford had the cool pompadour and sideburns, but then the other guys just have like a horseshoe, but it's grown out long and he has a big old Fu Manchu mustache. Like, you don't get that anymore. No. We're too hunky. To have Kurtwood Smith be this bald guy with glasses mm-hmm. leading this gang yeah, and being as vicious and cool as he is doing it, nobody would do that. You need today, a good right? mix in your gang of the the bald of the levels of bald guys and levels of guys with with just great hair. So in this movie you get like Ray Wise great hair. with his perfect politician quaff. But then you get the other guy who's like thinning but doesn't admit it and so he like kind of has it gelled into like a thin mohawk is that the rat head guy yeah like kinda, yeah. the ginger dude who's uh but it kind of like i don't know this is kind of working like he's kind of doing it it was not working he's, for me <laughs> sorry he, he had that confidence though <laughs> where it's like well i don't know there's got to be a reason he has it and uh you know clarence is more just like a 47 year old man who's normally in an office like yeah this guy He's just letting it fly. Oh, they're also, but then you got like the great Hesher looks of the dudes that gets dispatched early. So they have that more like bangs with like longer in the back. Yeah. And those are the guys that take shots getting thrown through windshields. So yeah, you got good hair gang. That's important. <laughs> Blue Velvet, you had Brad Dorif's kind of curly thinning hair. Oh, sure. He had, yeah, kind of the, you got that the thick wild hair, a Jack Nance, you know, so you have a good, good range good range it's important but yeah we talk about this in all these 70s and 80s movies like dude all these characters look so much cooler with 
when apparently people were just allowed to do their own hair. <laughs> right. Or just, just allowed show. to have just to Different go bald yeah, yeah just to lose hair rather than have to yeah everybody's got wear like plugs john travolta like veneers and plugs yeah and it's uh, uh, veneers are so creepy to me yeah i'm not understanding they're that. awful they're bad it's okay for teeth to just be teeth i know and yeah the, they so don't, we don't all have to have the william devane uh <laughs> bright white porcelain teeth yeah the I don't get why that kind of character got gets taken out. And so it shouldn't be a cheat code for these movies from the 70s and 80s. But that was definitely the era where people just most looked like yeah. the kind of people that you've seen before. That was definitely the most representative of people you know. And these movies, that kind of that kind of authenticity really uh really drips well off RoboCop. Uh I love this movie so much, but yeah, man, the Clarence, Clarence Boddicker performance, Miguel Ferrer is such, like I said, sinister Chris Elliott. Yeah. He's got that same unearned smugness, always making this, well, <laughs> let me, let me say, actually, right. it's that uh, Jeremy Jam from, <laughs> from Parks and Rec, you know, John Glazer. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same, totally. it's always the same delivery for that kind of person because it's the only delivery or just like when he gets caught calling you know dick jones an asshole yeah. in the bathroom and it just kind of gives him that like Oop. huh look look oh is there you got a problem with me dude in that bathroom scene you've never seen more piss on a <laughs> pair of slacks <laughs> what i love they have him as this smug little worm and then you're also like having him just like whoop zip I love like, how whoa. it was the executive bathroom, but it was just a regular bathroom. Yeah, a pretty normal restroom. Just didn't even seem just urinals roomy. next to each other. There's room ru- urinals like practically back to back with stalls. Miguel Ferrer's friend just like leaning over into his urinal space to keep talking. Like, dude. Yeah. Anyways, I've never had that kind of office vibe. I always forget about the corporate angle of this movie. Kind yeah. Of like, yeah. The the rivalry between them and and how yeah, there's Dick Jones the cl- ends up climbing the corporate ladder scenario there. Yeah. What a cool feud between Miguel Ferrer and and uh, Ronnie Cox. And just the yeah, this the sense of who cares if it would have worked or not. We were going to get these contracts and yeah, just the the total lack of empathy or oh yeah, it's a- definitely the corporation of, selling you know up priced yeah. Uh, machinery to the troops like it's it's crazy like a trillion dollar jet yeah the movie is all about wartime contracts and then uh you see those scenes of genuine empathy that show like no there can it can be better (laughs) it Mm. doesn't have you don't have to make them merciless you know these you can make them with empathy for uh so that's there that's all there the trash is right there and then this actual like it's not that hard to go in the other direction. All you need to do is agree to not be bad. Like we can do that, right? We can help. You could, uh. and the whole movie plays all that out so well. But then at the same time, I love that it keeps its trash all the way through. It stays the right amount of trashy because that final set piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, want to talk about the final that. chase, the final killings that happen. That is peak 80s action sleaze. Yeah. I mean, that is what... You talk about movies that are super influential in the knockoff straight-to-video market, like Escape from New York and The Terminator. You know, those movies that spawned 
so much. Totally. Even cool knockoffs. But RoboCop doesn't get enough credit for being the kind of movie that can inspire even cheaper stuff. You know, and what's great to know is that it came after stuff like Street Trash. Mm. It did that same kind of end of... Some of the gore is right on the level of that gross-out, 80s, slimy, goopy gore. Yeah. And it's so like, this totally works. Well, it's so funny. It's like after everything where it's shootout after shootout after explosion after explosion. Then they give you the toxic waste yeah. guy, too. They bring in like... like yeah, man, we even get that guy just we, melting yeah. on screen. We, we get Swamp Thing like, and Toxic Adventure all of a it. sudden. Yeah. And the movie has, it covers so many genres of cool sleaze cinema and does it so well. It puts its perfect 1987 as 1990 sheen right. on that kind of trash. And that's why I said it's like a super high budget version. 13 million is pretty high budget for something like Yeah, it's this. a proper studio film. Yeah. Know, which this... is even crazier that a studio gave it oh, yeah. gave this that, that kind of money. But yeah. Um, this is the kind of movie that just feels like so many movies that we've seen that cost $1.5 Right. You know, this feels like The Eliminators with that guy in his yeah, yeah, rolling yeah, yeah. android suit. Sure. That's what this feels oh, like. Yeah. yeah, that's sick. Some Charles Band shit there. Yeah, right? yeah. exactly. This feels more Charles Band. Except Charles Band could could have made twelve movies with a thirteen million dollar budget, <laughs> yeah. you know. So it's but it uses that budget so well. It it focuses its effects money so smartly, and so you get these great Rob Bottin goopy pieces, you know, that are straight out of the thing, straight mm-hmm. out of Cronenberg. Like, how's that? That's coming out of nowhere. But then the whole movie's also peppered with like '80s comedy, like all of Ray Wise's facial expressions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's hilarious in this thing, and he doesn't really say a word. I don't think hardly but anything. It's just his reactions, like he's a Roger Rabbit cartoon character. It's so Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there is a. It's Ro- Looney, he's Looney Dude. Tunes when he kicks him. Who tries to kick RoboCop in the groin, and he's like, Aah. "It's." Full oh my god! I mean, there Bugs is Bunny such shit. a strong yeah. There was very strong Bugs Bunny and Roger Rabbit vibes <laughs> throughout this whole thing. I'm Roger Rabbit. I think might have ripped off RoboCop. Judge, <laughs> I mean, RoboCop was Who not far RoboCop? away from uh, from like a Judge Doom kind of character. He dips the things in, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the toxic waste scene, man. And that shootout at the end, though, we get some. We get some deaths. That goopy swamp monster explodes. Ugh. That, oh the God. car hits him and he just liquefies. Yeah. Holy cow. It is like the sloppiest, like, goo. Like, it is the wettest splat. It's like, like a Gallagher show. It is a full body version of the dude's head in scanners. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to do that with the whole body. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the whole For body. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Or the or even uh, the maniac head blowing scene. I was yeah. I was same thinking, kind of, well because it happens same, same goopy, through the windshield goopy. too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it was just so splattery. Like movies that are in the splatter genre are not as splatter <laughs> genre as RoboCop. Yeah. There's never been this. I mean, this is like so that end warehouse scene where RoboCop and 
uh, Nancy Allen are just picking off all the. We get some great set pieces, great factory, abandoned oh, yeah. factory. Yeah, setting. you even get the factory like uh, shovel thing. Dropping, oh man, the dropping earth, the Ray Wise the nailing the Earth Mover shot. The Earth Mover, yeah, yeah, crushing. Yeah. That's a killer. That's a killer pseudo death. All what that heavy ass bit. beams. Yeah, just, the way RoboCop quickly. You can see him not just uh, disappear. It's like a cool body fold. Yeah, just nailed with all this heavy heavy equipment. Such a cool shot. And this whole time, like you talked about, accrued damage from the characters. You got Kurtwood Smith with one of my favorite accrued damage features, the broken one lens of, of glasses. <laughs> yeah. He's got the bloody broken lens looking like Mo Green. Right. You know, <laughs> just like blood coming through it, shattered glass, soot all over the face, carrying all the gang, all of his gang, man. Those hand cannons they were carrying. These backpack looking like uh, Rick coming out with the flamethrower. Yeah. These huge Rambo guns that don't exist in real life. They're just these assembled. Like like a teenager drew them out of a notebook. And they're like, yeah, we'll buy all of these. Totally. We'll buy the design rights, you know, Teddy. <laughs> and, oh my gosh, these guns are ridiculous. I love it. And RoboCop does these, like, he talked about Bugs Bunny. He does, like, Roadrunner traps mm. <laughs> for these guys. He leads a man to drive into toxic waste. Like, I'm surprised they didn't have him draw a realistic tunnel yeah. on. And does, like, a little hop-step Bugs Bunny jump out of the way at the end. It's such a great little, like, one-second shot of him just, like, turning and just, like, getting yeah. out of the way of the truck. Just, like, matadoring a guy into a <laughs> barrel of toxic waste. What? <laughs> Yeah, out of the that's even the, giving them like a looking for me. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah, but yeah, the the whole finish is great. You get the jeez, it goes on so long. You get Clarence just jamming a you know a spiked pole through RoboCop's chest, right through the heart. Yeah, right through that shoulder muscle, which then T two would try to do with the uh, oh yeah, with the end of that movie, they do a bit. Looks a lot like that. They bring it back for that Terminator movie yeah. uh, I saw last year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Bring the same thing back, and uh, Peter Weller is already kind of horrifying in that uh, helmet off RoboCop thing. Yeah, it's really grotesque. Yeah, with, like the sc- stretched skin over the. Uh, you know, it's like that Brazil. I'd love to know how they did scene. that. Like where. Weller's face ended and the makeup began. Yeah, it it's just all built off the, you know, rounded looking. off the edge of his face, which had to just take ages. I bet. It's all going back to Frankenstein, sitting hours in the makeup chair and then having to lug around <laughs> your body weight in armor. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And he's leading him on these little roadrunner chases through a whole abandoned factory. Bodies are exploding. Clarence Bodiger gets neck stabbed oh. and then just, I mean, this movie's bloodier than any Halloween movie. Right. It's crazy. Oh, but I love it. We get the great Basil Polidorus score, <laughs> which brings a little uh, gravitas yeah, to yeah. this kind of garbage. You right. Know? And uh, at the very end, last thing I really want to talk about is the end board scene where Murphy finally tracks down Dick Jones. Oh, yeah. And it plays out a lot 
uh, well, sort of like the first boardroom scene where the guy gets blown away in the boardroom yeah. by a robot cop. And then uh, it happens again, but this time everyone applauds the cop <laughs> yeah. and gives him a thumbs up. That one. And gives him like a nice shooting kid. Yeah, that one cop, like when Dick Jones gets riddled with bullets so hard that he flies backwards out of like a 13th Through story window. Through the glass. Yeah, yeah. Falls um, out the window. To his death. As it cuts to a scene with the, the one cop who is Miguel Ferrer's buddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the restroom leaner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one executive. The urinal leaner. Yeah. He like leans forward in his chair excitedly as if the disabled kid made the winning basketball <laughs> shot. Like, right. like, he's going to do it. He did it. Like, he leans right. forward as kind of like a, you expect a hand clap, like a, like, you got it. Yeah. You got it. And it's such a, like. It's such a like that's a weird cut to that guy. Well, it's like, kind of like it's like, hey, that's him. That's the guy I've seen on TV. Yeah, it's RoboCop. <laughs> yeah. I saw him at Lee Iacocca Elementary School. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the <laughs> it's just so good at balancing all of these tones, right? Which is the hardest part of multi-toned movies like this because it all always comes off like. Well, they tried to have their cake and eat it too. They wanted to throw in this stuff, even though it didn't really fit. Mm-hmm. And RoboCop managed to walk the line between everything that it is. It's so good, total classic, and uh, disturbingly relevant to thirty-three years later. Yeah, I think if uh, if nothing else, I would say if you guys have not watched RoboCop in like five to ten years, yeah, put it on and kind of uh, you know, like think a- about it. The, the world outside, is it is this how you want to see it? Yeah. You is, know? This, is this what we want? I am not going to lie. Like, watching this movie, this, you know, I watched it just this morning. I mean, with everything that's been happening lately, it's like RoboCop feels different. <laughs> this yeah. is the most different Robot Cop, RoboCop has felt. Uh, this movie is obviously smarter than some people think it is. That's not a secret, though, you know. The, the the consensus came out on RoboCop a long time ago that like yeah. oh wait this is actually really great yeah I would say if nothing else it's there's more to look for if you want to yeah in this movie but this is you know this is a very critically like crit- just like a, a movie like They Live mm-hmm. is like oh actually this uh, silly sci-fi movie is a little bit more a little bit better than uh, right it's aged better than other a little stuff. more relevant right yeah and. But yeah, I'm watching it today, and it's just like, wow. So RoboCop does feel different. And that's part of the reason why we thought to do this one. Definitely. Because it just suddenly it felt to us more appropriate now. Uh, yeah, I think it came to this. I think it did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, thank you for listening, and just stay safe out there. And But see that there is things that it's not hard to change for the better. Things are happening that are changing, that are going to be good. And we're not that far off, you know, if we can just stop moving in this other way. Ugh. Just be safe out there. Be safe, guys. And uh, hopefully we can just enjoy movies for movies at some point, right? Yeah. Not have to think about the horrific It'd be nice to think how, happening out there. how much worse some people have to and have to have it and have been having it. Yeah. And that doesn't need to be the case anymore. There you go. Well said. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Thank you for listening. Good night.